3. Praetorian, officer and junior prefect Gladilius waited at the cages, waiting for the ceremony to begin, waiting to release the birds. He was twenty-five and Praetorian, the first in his family that were devoted to the emperor. The emperor guards inside the city wall had been created by Augustus as a protection for himself, but also to maintain order in Rome. During the hundred years that had passed since the start of the Praetorians, they had become a powerful force. The emperor has during the years given us the respect we deserve, and in return he has received our loyalty. When he is back, he can control the senators once again and restore order. The traders must be forced to stay calm and not interfere in the political decisions. He raised his head and noticed how the light became more and more golden, and saw the color of the sky change from dark blue to light blue, from the east to the west. It will be a cold night, he thought, just as the wind from the north swept across the open space. His gaze swept over the people, stopped for a moment on Optimus that just became visible in the northern part of the forum. His A's then went up on Ulpia's Basilica, a huge building that nearly occupied the entire northern part of the Emperor's Forum. Three levels high with eighteen marble columns in the basic foundation, it stood as a testament to the greatness of Rome. This day has been the most important day in my life. First appointed as junior prefect of the Praetorian Guard, and now given the honor to inaugurate the Latin festival. There were many older and more experienced officers than himself, but he knew that he had been selected for his cunning and courage. It had been he, Lucius Gladilius, which averted the rebellion that had been about to flare up among the Egyptians on the event in Hill. It had been his centuria of legionnaires and his negotiations that had given results. The problems could have been solved much earlier and faster if the fool Longvinius just had a little stiffer penis. It is as sure as a bear shit in the woods. I should have been allowed to put down the dogger killers and his bandit gang with force, I should have been allowed to nail them on the cross, and thus put an end to them once and for all. In the name of the spirits of my ancestors, I would, in any case, have cleared Rome from some of the barbaric scum. Gladiolus kicked one of the cages with pigeons, the flapped alarmed about in a cloud of feathers. Scum. The barbarians have to pay for their disobedience, their impudence and insult to Rome. Several Roman administrators were hostages of those barbarian Egyptian pigs. Longvinius should have given me a free hand, not trying to give them concessions. He destroyed the possibility of getting rid of one of these barbaric gangs. Let the gods punish Optimus because he leads Longvinius as a blind ox. He stopped suddenly. However, if you should be honest to yourself, you are fortunate to stand here. There is more conflicts in Rome than places a pigeon shit on. This is the time when I can show my capability and courage to the Emperor. Then I will take over the guards. I will be ducks of the Praetorians, and then... A sudden wave of pride swept over him. He was a Roman. 
Unlike all these barbarians the gods smile at me. We are chosen to lead them, to lead the world. They should be thankful. He noticed how one of the priests, a tall, thin man in his twenties, looked at him with a disapproving look. A cold shock went through his body. The priest sighs threw him back to the time when he was living in his hometown of Italica in Hispania. Suddenly he could feel the curses, spit and beating as if it were yesterday. He had been among the shortest in the group of children when they grew up, and it had been a hard time. The nickname Little Finger was carved into his memory forever. Once, when they enthusiastically had a pissing contest the others had noticed that he was small even down there. Several of the boys had larger penises and it had begun to grow hair around their manhood, while his own had not been bigger than a little finger. No one would ever bully him again. After he became a grown man, he had faced Jupiter and promised to kill anyone who harassed him. Since I am from the same city as the emperor, it must mean that the gods are on my side. The future is bright, and only I decide how far I can go. Is it possible to reach all the way? He was wondering. In the corner of his eye he saw Malasius approach, but a short, fat and neckless man of indescribable age went up to him and stopped his path. The man had a huge belly, it swayed along with each step and hung in a grotesque way over the belt he wore with his tunic. He was named Marius Scopius, responsible for Actodona, and was Rome's most important conveyor of news. Gladilius read each edition of a new scroll. It was important to follow all the significant events in the city. In the next edition my appointment as Prefect Junior will be published, he thought. Scopius is, just like all the others, a despicable man. It's different with Lucius Seneca, there we have a poet with style. A man who knows how life should be lived. He saw the little poet standing in the middle of a group of actors. Under his arm he had several scrolls. That was how they saw Seneca all too often, with a bunch of old scrolls under his arms or diligently taking notes on a papyrus sheet with a small, pointed piece of coal. His hands were always black, colored by the special sticks of charcoal he used. Gladilius chuckled at his own memories as pictures of Seneca and himself showed up, they had enjoyed themselves in the Sabura with actors and prostitutes. Seneca was a man with Roman ideals and virtues. If he should be honest, and he always was, there was another man at the forum that he appreciated. Hilius Secundius was as young as himself. They had known each other since their time in the Legion. For two years they had fought side by side. Now Hilius was subordinate adjutant along Vinius. The reason for the distinguished service was his extraordinary ability to understand languages, besides Latin and Greek. He both spoke and wrote the Egyptian and Germanic languages. An invaluable knowledge if you were involved in trade with the provinces. He continued to look out across the open space. His legionary friend stood and spoke with the Nordic barbarian, a giant man with blue eyes and a dark beard, 
a German named Wolf Mayno, another person Gladilius detested. Gladilius would have had him assassinated long ago if Optimus was not using Wolf as an interpreter. The huge man was carrying two large knives on each side in his black leather belt. His long black hair was pinned back in a tail, a few streaks of grey were interspersed in it. The teeth were rotten and his face had at some time in his life been exposed to bubonic plague. Despicable Gladiolus thought, the barbarian's clothes mostly resembles rags and he stinks horribly. Vulgus profanum he thought again. Hilius white toga was shining in the evening sun, it was carefully bleached in urine. The leather sandals were well oiled, his hair short and made in the latest style. Graceful hands with trimmed, clean fingernails was gesturing as he spoke. He was a complete contrast to Wolf. Close to Helius and Wolf stood Ptolemy, Julius Ptolemy, which unlike the other Egyptians on the forum was tall and muscular. Dark, almost black. Straight hair reached down to his shoulders. He had the gracefulness of an Egyptian, yet the violence of a Roman. Gladilius had never spoken with the half-breed barbarian, only seen him a few times in the company of Optimus people. Many said he was Optimus' non-legitimate son. The slightly pointed nose witnessed not an entirely Egyptian origin. How can Optimus, one of Rome's most successful trader, openly show himself with his illegitimate barbarian? By the gods, does he not have any pride? And why do the bastard insist in wearing that barbaric dress? Disgusting. He shifted his gaze back toward the basilica and the temple. People stood, hung and sat everywhere. It's a great day today. It is not the barbarian's fault that he do not know better, he thought. But, Wolf should not be allowed to be among sophisticated Romans. By Jupiter, he is a bad example for the young people. Especially for Helius' sister Secundia. Secundia so wonderful, so lovely, so Roman. After this day my status will increase, so my virtus. Then I might get to know her closer. She could maybe be my wife? His heart skipped a few beats. He looked up at the sky, it had turned more dark blue streaks of red colored the horizon. Yes, she would certainly be a worthy wife. On a vent in she is every man's admiration. A woman with excellent Roman values, spotless reputation, good references and a wonderful hostess when Helius are entertaining. She plays sweet melodies on her lyre. He had even heard that Secundia was kind to the slaves, which was unimportant to him. But that's what he heard. Had not Helius and Secundia said that he always was welcomed? At the last meeting she had been very kind, touched him several times, said that she appreciated his visit. By all the gods. Secundia are fond of me. That's it, it's obvious. I will sacrifice to Venus honor and ask her to help me. Certainly, she has no dowry to speak of. The parents are dead since long ago, Helius are not rich and they have had to fend for themselves. Ah, but she's so sweet. I myself have a good future. Jupiter, 
I'll soon be Praetorianus Prefect Superior. Then we can make commitments. Then we can buy a Domus at the event in Hill. Gladilius looked at Hillius once again. His mind tried to formulate the words he were going to say to him. Hillius, my friend, your sister needs a man. No. Hillius, my friend, it's about time for Secundia to start her own family. No. Hilius, my friend. Prefect Junior. Why not start the festival? Tradition requires that the doves should be released at the peak of the sun. What is causing this delay? What is the problem? Gladilius looked up, clearly recognizing the harsh voice. A voice and person he despised intensely. Malaxius had walked up to him and disturbed his thoughts. The birds remain in the cages as long as Longvinius is not in place. Furthermore, the priests need to prepare. This has not yet happened. So. Yes, so what? Gladilius thought for a moment and then he said. Optimus is not here. The color of Malaysia's eyes turned darker, and he knew it had irritated him. It warmed him inside. He could see the hardness, in Malaysia's eyes. The rude man opened his mouth to say something. So he added quickly. Yes, he's ducks. Is he not? Most would wait for a ducks. Patience, patience, is a good qualification. Do you not agree? He kept his voice nasal and patrician to annoy him even more. It looked like Malaxius eyes would pop out of their sockets. A hissing sound came from his mouth. It is best for you that you stick to tradition. Letting the honest citizens stand and wait. Piss on important people. He spat on the ground in front of the prefect, turned and walked away with long strides. Gladilius steered angry at his back. If he had hit me, with just the tiniest drop, I would have killed him, he thought boiling with fury. The contempt for the riffraff he was forced to endure every day increased even further. It had been different yesterday when he participated in the meeting with Longvinius and Senator Gobelus, a man of principle, a man who really. Before he could finish his thoughts the Optio Valerius stood in front of him. Excuse me, Prefect Junior Gladilius, excuse me, but the Prefect Atanus wants to talk to you. A pair of dark eyes met Valerius. I'll just inaugurate this festival. Yes, but when will it happen? He did not sound happy. When all the important people are here. The junior officer opened his mouth to say something but closed it again. He knew that his superior officer was a man of principles and could not easily be persuaded. In the chain of command under Gladiolus there were one other Optio and twenty centurions belonging to the guard, which included nearly a thousand of the best legionaries. Gladilius stared at his Optio for a while without saying anything. Yes, yes, I will inform him, Valerius said and hit his right fist to the left of his chest, saluting his superior. He turned and went back the same way he had come. 
the thoughts went back to the night before. The senator had loudly complained about the sale of weapons in the provinces that apparently not only stayed within the Roman legions, but extended out to the barbarians they were fighting. He had shown his irritation clearly and was now demanding a change. Those merchants have no Roman glory. The only thing they are interested in is profit. Gold seems to be their only god. Gladiolus could easily agree. He despised men like Malasius so strongly that it was a physical experience. The senator had continued and it gave him self-confidence. Longvinius, you must make sure to stop their greed. It could cost as many legionaries life. Me and a majority in the senate want you to utilize the legionaries in the Praetorian Guard to stop them already here in Rome. Finally someone will limit their greed. Gladilius had thought. He was wondering if Longvinius had the nerve to go against Optimus, and also if he would tell him before he gave the order. He chuckled to himself. We'll see. He turned and looked toward the setting sun. Optimus' wagon approached and he saw him standing in the wagon, visible to all. A dark silhouette, like a demon. Jupiter's blood, he looked so young. The same age as my father, but a completely different man. A cold feeling spread up his back. Widespread rumors in Rome and in many of the provinces claim that Optimus possessed supernatural powers. If all stories told about him are true, he should be dead long time ago. The Egyptians claims that he has an alliance with Pluto, the god of the underworld, so he can cheat death. They called him. Dispater, he who rules over death. Several criminal gangs both in and outside of Rome had put a price on his head. Literally on his head, for no one dared to capture him alive. Gladilius' perfectly polished armor glistened and reflected the sun onto the ground in front of him. He stood proudly with a straight back and waited but he was sweating profusely and cursed the tradition that anyone who inaugurated the festival was forced to wear a full official uniform. The heavy brass plates scratched and irritated. In the morning the skin will be tender, he thought. Dirty whores. How long will I have to stand here? Senator Gobulus and Prefect Atanas are right, the only thing they think about is money, nothing else. Well. This is not completely true, he corrected himself, they always have the time and desire to copulate. The citizens of Rome is an untrustworthy heap of flibberton fools. You have to watch your back so you do not fall into their clutches by a malicious or bribed administrator. Caesar refused to give up his legions and defied the senate when the politicians mistrusted Rome's most victorious general. How can Longvinius? with his good Roman ancestors, be controlled by simple tradesmen. Shameful. How is it possible that Optimus can manage to persuade him to break the monopoly of weapon trade? A disgrace to the patrician pride. The legions can themselves ensure the shipments of our weapons. Then we would not need to rely on the repugnant merchants. He saw that the Macedonian Sophoclos and Burroughs was talking with a tall, thin man he did not recognize. 
Malasius had gone back to his gang of thugs. Optimus was close and would soon reach him and he felt his skin prickle. He was wondering what he should do to subdue them all when the order for sanctions against the weapon trade was announced. It will be a task worthy of a man like me, he thought with a smile. Many of the smaller trading houses have no muscle, it will be easy to crush them. Malasius will be more difficult, he is an evil pig who should not have been allowed inside the city walls. What about Optimus? Gladilius shuddered when he in his mind saw the image of Dispater with a sword in one hand and a wooden club in the other.